Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am your congressman, Frank, and along with me is... Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> I'm so awkward. <laughs> What's up, planet Earth? <laughs> uh, of course, I'm the third most popular candidate that has ever been. Um, so this week's been a weird week when it comes to the news. Like, there has been... There's been... It feels like stuff's been going on, but it feels like the only thing that is really in the news is news people, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, like, the uh, the biggest thing, of course, was uh, Don Lemon getting fired from CNN. Um, I guess we'll start with Don, anyway. Don. Uh, so, yeah, Don Lemon, Don Lemon uh, who has low ratings. He was in the evening news as, like, an 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock type guy. And then he switched to being a morning show with a co-host because his new bosses, after, I guess, Discovery became ownership, you know, was like, hmm, everybody hates us. We're going to fire Brian Stelter, or, yeah, Stelter, and we'll move on to the morning. But you can do a morning show. It'll be good. You'll have a co-host. It'll be good. It wasn't good. You know, at some point he, uh, he made that comment about women not being in their prime after, like, 24 or something like that. <laughs> His co-hosts are like, are you talking about birthing prime what prime are you talking about <laughs> and of course you know don being a man's man i don't think he has lots of experience with the the women folk and even knew what he had said or he's just a mean guy but uh, then he got into another back and forth uh with uh i always i can i can't remember how to pronounce his name he's a uh he's running for the republican nominee uh for president right now he's a businessman like rami or ravi I forget how to pronounce his name. Anyway, he's a smart guy. He's interesting. But he was talking about uh, actually the racism behind most gun control laws. And so Donald was basically like, you can't talk about being black without black skin and whatever ethnicity you are. And he's like, I'm Indian American. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, but you know, he's like, I just don't think you have to have black skin to you know discuss these things. You can have a conversation. Anyway, so he got fired, and uh, he kind of threw a little Twitter brat tag about it. I'm like, I just can't believe that. He didn't tell me. I've blamed management, basically. So now he says uh, that he's going to be taking the summer off, I guess, to have a 12-year-old summer, he says, which is interesting. I guess he's going to probably go up to the Hamptons and probably harass some other bartender, because that was another thing that during, I don't remember if it was during Me Too or just later, but there's that guy that was like, because there's uh, up in up in the Hamptons, there's just not that many bars, and all the famous people go there during the summers, and uh, and so you see famous people, and so there's some guy who's like, hey, how are you doing? And so at some point, I think they, he, I think Don Lemon stuck his hand into his own pants, and then like tried to reach for the guy's face with that hand or something. He was trying to, it was yeah. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, he got sued for sexual harassment or something and he's like ah oh, that never happened that never happened he's like yeah you know bar full of people um but obviously that's not the big thing that happened this week <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about him or the nbc guy that got out of there's the guy that's uh i don't know he was vp of some other for nbc news some big shot but of course he was harassing some girl in the workforce some woman in the workplace i think a maybe even an anchor or something like that they they kind of named her when they shouldn't have named her because, like, she's in the middle of a lawsuit. That's like a, you know, a harassment in the workplace lawsuit, and she wasn't really going on TV and putting the dude on blast. And they were like, oh, it's because, you know, he had an inappropriate relationship with her. Like, oh. <laughs> her lawyer's like, guys, just. <laughs> but nobody cares about that guy. Nobody cares about Lemon because Tucker Carlson, the ratings king of cable news, out at Fox. Yeah, I'll just. Everyone knows at this point, but I'll read this whole thing from Hollywood Reporter. Uh, we are. Well, we got cookie problems. Cookie problems. And I didn't even ask me about cookies. Let me see what I can do to refresh this. Maybe Hollywood Reporter is just super secretive. Well, yeah, give it a shot. Get anything? There we hey, go. Okay. Tucker Carlson out at Fox News. The host's last show was Friday, so it was a week ago, Friday. Brian Kilmeade anchored on Monday night's show, the first of a rotating slate of guest hosts. So yeah, in a shock announcement on Monday, Fox News Media said it would be parting ways with Tucker Carlson, the host of its 8 p.m. program, Tucker Carlson Tonight. 
Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. We thank him for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a contributor, the company said. I'm going to put some rotating things in there. Um, yeah, so it was a surprising one. Carlson, uh, his most watched show on Fox News, and on some days, all of cable t- TV. Um, anyway, he's been, he also does a show for like their streaming service and all that. I mean, he's Tucker Carlson, you know? And so he's been, his ratings, I don't really put it in here, I guess, but his ratings were always in like three and a half million, something like that, give or take. Um, so that was a big, what did you think, uh, when the, when you heard the news of Tucker's outing? Um, well, I almost was, I guess it's a a little bit of a concern. I mean, usually when you're running a business, you don't get rid of your best product. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's the only thing I could think of immediately. You know, and some people say, they go, oh, well, you know, they don't turn, tune in for Tucker. They tune in for Fox News. You can put anybody there. They're like, oh, it was Bill O'Reilly. And then everyone's like, who's going to, like, Bill O'Reilly, how do you replace that guy? And then Tucker Carlson came in. Like, oh, Bill who? But when Bill O'Reilly, like, cable TV, cable news in general, the ratings are going down. So Tucker was the king of ratings at three and a half million. I think Bill O'Reilly was at like eight million or something crazy like that. Or I don't know what it was, but much like numbers they don't see anymore on cable TV. And so like, yeah, I guess you can put the different pieces in place, but it looks like you're slowly, I don't know, eating your own industry, you know, yeah, or something. But, uh, that, yeah, it was, what was surprising. And on Friday, on that Friday program, he was like, all right, see you Monday. And those, and then he gave some speech at uh, I forget some uh, like a conservative think tank place. Oh, okay. On uh, over the weekend, you know, didn't say anything about it. He just kind of did his little speech, and uh, he said something about you know being good and praying and you know. And he's like, I'm not a super Christian. He's like, I'm Episcopal. We're like the worst, uh, which I didn't know. But <laughs> but he, he was just like, I'm just saying like I forget. Anyway, it was a decent speech, but it was uh. Yeah, then he was just gone, and everyone's like, what happened? What happened? Is there a scandal? And I'm like, well, there's like a producer who's suing him uh, for, you know, an unhappy work environment or whatever. Uh, of course, it came out this week that she hasn't even met Tucker Carlson, so it's like, okay, for, the show was not a good place to work, okay. And so it's like, well, that's not it. I mean, and then like, well, Dominion, they just paid out like almost $800 million from Dominion. It's like, well, that... Could be like, and you know, Tucker, he does the most misinformation. You go, yeah, but for the Dominion stuff, he was like, okay, come back when you have evidence. And he'd say things like, okay, so just to be clear, they're bringing no evidence about this. You know, I haven't seen any evidence. They're not pretending to, you know, they haven't presented it in court. They haven't brought it here. So they're alleging all this stuff, but so far they haven't had any evidence. And it's like, well, that's a very fair take, you know? Um, so it's like, yeah, it's probably not that. And then people said, uh, it's like, well, during the discovery phase, when all these text messages were coming out, apparently Tucker was uh, pretty critical of management. And uh, he was just, I don't know, he, he was critical of management. He's critical of the, the coverage of the Stop the Steal stuff. Um, and uh, definitely, he called uh, Giuliani and... Uh, Oh, shoot. What was the, the lawyer, Trump's main lawyer during all the Stop the Steal stuff, the female? Pal. Pal. Sydney Powell. Yeah. And, uh, but he was like, you know, basically these guys are loony nutters, you know? And so he's just like, these people are crazy. Like, this is stupid. And our management sucks. And, uh, and so they, when they settled, you know, one of the big things was they were trying to keep their host from going up on the witness stand and having to testify because that would just be everywhere. Apparently, Tucker Carlson was like, I got no problem with that. I got no problem with anything I've said. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, well, maybe it's because he talked a bunch of crap. Um, and then lastly, I know there was a theory. I guess Rupert Murdoch um, really dislikes it when you talk about God. Um, he just, uh, for for all hosts, like he does not like it. <laughs> They'll tell him to stop. Like, don't, don't talk. Like, we're going to lose viewers. Don't do it, right? And so I guess there was a uh, a dinner recently with Rupert Murdoch, 
uh, his fiance and Tucker Carlson, maybe, um, where like for the first time, like fiance start would talk, you know, all Christian like for the first time that he had noticed, you know, I'm sure she's much younger. Uh, but it's like, oh, you know, God bless you. Oh, you know, Bible says blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> and so uh, I guess, you know, it was with Tucker. I guess she was talking to Tucker. It was all a little Bible related or God related or what have you. Anyway, that uh, that fiance is gone too, by the way. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think so. I think the fiance is gone. But, um, but yeah, so that was a rumor. People were like, maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's because he's been saying God stuff more. Rupert Murdoch hates that. It's like, pfft. But either way, they've made the switch, and now Fox News takes ratings hit. Uh, Here, okay, yeah. let me refresh. I'm also getting some flickering on your camera. Getting flickering? Yeah, every now and then it like flickers. I don't know what. Huh. I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah. Okay. Of course, there's always something. These damn cameras. It's just not going to happen when I say it. Of course, that's okay. <laughs> Never happen again. Oh, you know what? It's because I didn't. Kill the overhead light. I wonder if that's adding the flicker. Um, that could be it. All right, let's try to. No, I think I refreshed it. There yeah. we go. Fox News takes rating hit after Tucker Carlson's exit. Though still handily led the 8 p.m. hour, the cable outlet's viewers fell off by a sizable amount. Let's see where we got. Um, of course, I do not have you PIP'd. Oh. How we lost that? Uh, losing everything. Can we jump back to cameras normal? Okay. Oh, now it's frozen again. Okay. Is it? Okay, yeah. whatever, man. Things but are weird. Things are weird. We've been getting ghosts in the machine lately. Yeah, it will not let me go back to your article. Okay, whatever. That's not exciting. Hollywood Reporter. Uh, basically, the first show uh, pulled in just under 2.6 million viewers compared to 3.3, which is 21% below the average. Um, Fox News Tonight also took a hit. With the key demographic, 25 to 54. Yeah, Fox News, I think their demographic is above 54. I don't think they hit the key demo. But uh, it's .24 rating was 37% lower than the .38 Carlson averaged. Um, and then they had, uh, let's see. Yeah, they still beat Joe Scarborough, Anderson Cooper, because no one watches MSNBC or CNN. Anderson Cooper, 360, 728,000 people. <laughs> Like less than, and that's not unusual. Those are just the numbers. Like uh, Joe Scarborough somehow got one and a half million on MSNBC, but like, yeah, seven hundred twenty-eight thousand. That's those are the numbers they're doing. That's why Discovery, when they got CNN, they're just like, we can't just hate Donald Trump and show our news to like less than a million people across the whole country. Yeah, there's what three hundred forty million people. Yeah, and like, you know, and to do that, like. All the time, like that's just your peak. Uh, but then some of the was it Newsmax? I guess their shows got a little bump. Um, let's see, Eric Bowling, who has an eight o'clock show, and Greg Kelly, who have a nine o'clock show, uh, both had triple their average audience from the first quarter. So they both hit around half a million. Uh, but normally they're at like one hundred and forty thousand people, which is Newsmax. You know, no one's got that. Uh, but apparently it's because. Uh, in the nine o'clock hour, Kelly did interview Trump, so it's hard to say if it was a Tucker exit or if it was a, a Trump effect, you know, on the media. Either way, um, we were kind of talking about it <clears throat> before we were talk before we started. You know, it's like I wonder what will happen to Fox. You know, um, it'll be interesting because, like, when they got rid of O'Reilly, you know, there was this kind of cloud of a lawsuit that ended up going away and and all that. And I was like, okay, we'll see. And then Tucker Carlson had a surprising impact. Like, I was surprised how popular he was so quickly. Um, so there might be something to that where people are just, they turn on Fox News. That's what they do. They, they're elderly. They go home. They turn on Fox News. And that might just stay because old people don't like to change, you know. Um, but if they keep shedding numbers generally, it's like, why? How much money could Fox News possibly make? If, you know, their viewership starts getting to that, like, one million level, you know, is that enough to be on all the, I guess, I mean, it's really, the money's made in the the deals with the cable companies. Right. So, I guess they'll still get that money, but I think those deals will get smaller, I'd imagine. I mean, do you have cable? Uh, no. Yeah, I haven't 
had cable in, I don't know how long, years. Well, yeah, and I wonder if that, if, is that, is that the reason why the numbers, I mean, obviously the internet has changed TV viewership in general. Sure. I wonder if that, you know, even if you have the best anchor that could possibly exist, are your numbers ever going to be higher than, well, Bill O'Reilly's, I guess. <laughs> um, and I think the answer to that is no. You know, well, I mean, if, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, his viewership uh, per episode, now granted it's not at an eight o'clock time slot where you have to tune in, but, you know, he's a hundred million views per video, you know, and, uh, you know, and some spike up higher, obviously some lower, but, uh, you know, he just goes in there, chop talks and like, you know, he just, he stomps, stomps CNN's numbers. You know, it's a hundred million, right? Did I just exaggerate? I'm gonna look this up right now. Um, but even if it's not, it's oh, you know, he's not on YouTube anymore, so I can't check the numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that's what he was hitting on YouTube around the time he did the Spotify deal. And uh, and there's other podcasters, you know, that that are doing big numbers. You know, like there's a lot of people that are in line already with like CNN and MSNBC. You know. Maybe not Fox and maybe not Rachel Maddow, you know, but like they don't have the same bill. You know, Fox News has, in order to be like to ask questions to the idiot press secretaries, um, you have to have a DC bureau for your news. You have to have, I think, a New York and DC and maybe another, but you definitely need a DC bureau. And so, like, you know, Fox has a DC bureau, Fox has an headquarters in Manhattan. I'm sure they've got an LA, you know, it's Fox News. I'm sure they got lots of different locations. And, um, you know, people are watching more stuff with people that don't even have a headquarters, you know? They they don't have an extra bill. And uh, and some of these independent guys, like, you know, Matt Taibbi and uh, some of these dudes that have gone to Substack, um, you know, they're doing actual, like, investigative reporting. Like, it's not just, you know commentating it's like investigative reporting and it's good you know so i i don't know i think uh i think this whole cable news thing does start to dwindle i think fox will probably exist and cnn will exist but i wonder if it'll become a little bit more milk toast and you know just it'll either be they're either gonna go crazier (laughs) (laughs) there's like two ways to go one is you just keep doubling down on crazy (laughs) It's like, you know what we need? More pro wrestling stuff. Like, you know, at 8 o'clock, our host, you know, body slams the president's lookalike. I'm like, okay. So it's either going to go, like, idiocracy, crazy, or they're going to have to go back to being like, we are just balanced news all day. You know, and just, and maybe not even run all day. Maybe repeat, you know, repeat shows like Headline News used to do. They do an hour. They play yep. that hour a couple times. I mean, hell, ESPN used to do that with SportsCenter, but on a couple, I mean, maybe they still do. And uh, you knew it was coming on right after the, right after it ended. So if you missed the first ten minutes, like oh, I'll just watch the first ten minutes when it comes <laughs> back on. Um, but uh, finally, finally, Tucker uh, said something because he's been at his home in Florida. He's got a place not too far from here, actually. Really? Yeah, it's like uh, less than two hours south of here, hmm. and it's uh, and so he's just been like. Chilling with his wife, and you know the paparazzi's getting pictures of basically him driving around in the golf. It's, I think it's one of those communities where you got to be in a golf cart, and so uh, he's just driving around with his wife, laughing, having a good old time. They're chilling at the beach, walking dogs, and so it's like, well, he doesn't seem like he's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's his uh, video he put out. Let me make sure I'm gonna go up my end. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country. Kind and decent people. People who really care about what's true. And a bunch of hilarious people also. <laughs> like me. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's hurt me. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television <laughs> are. They're completely true. irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we have them. That's right. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet, at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably 
big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. Mm -hmm. Civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? Long time. It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. Yeah. That's a depressing realization, Duopoly. but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. <laughs> Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. Breach. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. <laughs> the people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. Yeah. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink. They become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some. And that's Love enough. Talk, that's what as long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. All right. So, that was awesome. Great. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> puts out the first thing, and it's just like, damn. Like, even the people on the left are just like, I, I you know... I don't disagree with anything that was in that video. I think it was uh, the guy that plays Dwight. He was just like, oh, I, yeah. I never thought I'd say this, but I agree with everything Tucker Carlson said in that video. Um, I think Tucker should... I think the rest of his career before retirement should just be going around to colleges and speaking, honestly. I think he's going to put up... I think TuckerCarlson.com is going to be a, quite the media hub, and I think he's going to figure out a way to... I don't know. It's hard to get on the television, but you know who cares? It's getting a lot easier. Yeah. If you can build an app for Samsung, Apple, Roku, you know, you can, you can get on TVs. Yeah, he should keep speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how? Okay. So we talked about, you know, in a night, yeah, three and a half million or something is what he did. How many people do you think have seen that video on Twitter? Just on Twitter. No idea. Just guess the number. Come on, Charlie. 10 million. God, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 78 and a half million. So, not bad. People. So, it's like, oh, I wonder how many people are going to watch this show. It's like, you know, probably not 78 and a half million, but I think he'll be fine. He's got 6.8 million followers on Twitter. I think I ended up. Oh, did I? I don't know. I may have ended up following him. I bet you he got some new followers off of this. I need to add him. Yeah, he's a, you know he's an interesting guy. Um, I was slow to get aboard the Tucker train, um, and I don't even know if I'm on the Tucker train at this point. But um, over the last like year or so, you know the way he's gone, but the way he's gone after like the Ukraine war, uh, the way he's talked about you know corruption with uh, within the government, and I don't know he seems to he seems to attack like evil establishment stuff uh, more than anybody else on the news, um, which is awesome. You know, I think he was talking about emerging technologies and, and the shifting demographic. One place where I disagree a lot with him is uh, he was on, he did an interview on uh, Ben Shapiro had, has or had a Sunday special thing where you just do an interview with the guy. And so Tucker Carlson was talking about automation and how he's concerned about losing jobs and stuff like that. So, like, the trucking industry he thought was a big one because, you know, they're working on automated um, trucking. And so he he thinks that there should be a bill that basically outlaws automated trucking because huh. uh, he's worried about the number of people's jobs that will be displaced and what will happen to those people, like the truckers and everything. Um, and basically we'd end up, we're going to end up automating away all these jobs and people won't have any jobs. Of course, that's kind of like fighting for the horse and buggy industry. You know, it's just like, well, you don't want to do cars because, like, who's going to... What about all the people that make buggy wheels, you know? It's like, there'll be there'll be jobs. It's, yeah. not, it's not a learn-to-code thing. It's, uh, like, the economy will evolve. And, like, yeah, it'll suck. Like, truckers, 
and it's not going to happen all in one day. That's nope. the other thing. Like, truckers can kind of see the writing on the wall now. I mean, like, these, these you know, it used to be uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Was he in a big, big old truck? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they used to just see them always shifting, just now they're they're automatics and so it's like okay well that made it easier now all these giant semis are just automatic transmission so that made it so like many joe schmoes could get in there and unfortunately some of them are horrible driving but uh but it's been that's watered down uh the pool of drivers you know so you get paid less um but then there's been other technological things like like the brokerage uh sites for like uh, less than a truckload ltl shipments so there's even Uber has Uber Freight, and so like the younger guys, <laughs> these truckers tell me one time that they you know they're all hanging out waiting for to get an alert of a load ready, you know, to cafe or something, and so finally someone figured out that like one of the younger guys brought in a laptop and he's like bloop, he's like oh, gotta go, and they're like what'd you just do? And he showed them you know these freight sites, so these old salts that weren't looking to to figure it out, they would just hang out with a kid, and so he'd take the first one and be like all right which, what do you want <laughs> you know um but you know that 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 industry was changing that way but they already have the ability right now to have to kind of do a train yep of trucks you know yep. so there, there's a driver on the first one but not in the second one right or the third one or i don't know how many they do and so like that's already there i mean if you're getting into trucking right now you have to have your eyes open that that might not be your job in 20 years, you know? So it's, anyway, it'll change, but the, something will pop up in the economy, you know, some new gig. I mean, if I was a trucker right now and knowing that things are going to change, I honestly would get a security license because an unmanned truck is a nice target to boost. That's a great point. Well, you know? yeah. And they, that might become a new gig where it's just like, it's even easier. Like you're not driving. You're, you're just, just in it. You're yeah. a human attendant. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what are they going to do? Mount cameras and guns. inside? <laughs> <it>? <laughs> That's going to be an awesome truck. <laughs> <laughs> they go to, they go to unload the, their load of, of salsa in Tulsa and they go they open the door. And also just, <laughs> just kills everybody. It's like, damn it, Bobby, you didn't disable the arm system. <laughs> Forgot to hit the button again. <laughs> we lose too many good people that way. <laughs> but yeah, but that's a perfect example. Like, you know, it's like, oh, that, the, the drivers are gone. It's like, yeah, but, you know, there'll be a new need that once you have all these robot trucks, you know, and it might be something too where it's like, okay, well now, now everything's flowing like more effectively constantly because robots don't sleep. Um, and they probably don't have to keep logs and take crystal meth to keep going. I was just going to say meth. <laughs> it's a cornerstone of the trucking industry. <laughs> uh, remember uh, remember they'd sell like uh, pseudofedrin, like the mini thins and stuff at gas stations? Those things are wild. And the truckers are just like, boop. Um, but yeah, so th- there'll be things that pop up like that. And there might be something because of how effective it is. Maybe there's a bigger need for people running uh, fork trucks and stuff like that to unload. Yep. Um, and so it's like, hey, you don't have to travel. Instead of a big truck, you got a fork truck. You know, there'll be, there'll be jobs. At least there always has been. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder, I mean, just thinking about trucking sure. even further, um, to keep the trucks from stopping, if you would have automated fueling on the road or a truck driver driving a fuel truck to fuel the automated delivery truck. With the thingy like the airplanes Yeah. Have. Yes. Now I'm all about that. And then those would have to be automated too. <laughs> so they just kind of cut. Or, or they'll fix the batteries. Because there's that one, I think it's University of Boston or whatever, but they, they found that tweak with the battery technology. If they replace something, it wasn't lithium, but it might have been cobalt. Uh, but if you replace something with just sodium, yeah, salt batteries are like the the big next. The, well, that was the thing. It, yeah, it was just. It, I guess it could be the same thing. I don't know, but it's just like the the normal battery mix of chemicals, right? And there's one that's very rare, and they just tried putting sodium in its place, and they they tested it, and they said, you know, like the way the batteries work is every time you uh, charge it and use it and all that, like it has fewer charges left, you know. And uh, just degrades. It's just how batteries work. Um, this this one, they ran it like something insane. Like 
they ran like 5,000 uh, cycles on it and couldn't get it to grade at all. Wow. And like the distance for one battery uh, or the, the, the length that the battery lasted was something like incredible, like three times or five times out of like a current battery that you'd find in a Tesla. And so it's like, all right, well, if you got a battery that's like five times as powerful and lasts forever, like, yeah, I think I can start getting on some battery technology. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially if it doesn't use lithium. Or cobalt. Yeah. I don't know if it can, but it's, uh, did I tell you about the, uh, the, the Kalen mines and for, so this is kind of a nerdy thing, but, uh, in, in porcelain, like porcelain clays, uh, there's this dry material called Kalen. Uh, and that's what makes porcelain so white. So a nice, pure, good kaolin will get you a nice, white, translucent porcelain. And uh, so in France and England and, and over there, there's a bunch of kaolin mines. And so for the, the clay company over in Kansas City there, you know, we sell it, and then we also use it to make um, it's called slip, like liquid clay. So if you want to, like, pour molds and stuff like that. And so we use it to make, you know, our super white porcelain slip anyway uh suddenly the company that sell it and the the kaolin they call super white i think yeah and so the, but the company that always sold it was just like we're not selling it anymore and the problem is like there's other kaolins but if they're not as pure the porcelain's not as white not as translucent you know and so this was like the best that was out there really um and they just stopped i'm like that's weird so i started doing some digging I found this announcement by the company that underneath a Kalen mine, mine they found just a butt ton of lithium, oh. and it's like I forget it was like eight hundred billion dollars or eighty Jesus. billion dollars worth of lithium. It's just like they're like you know that screw porcelain. <laughs> yep, that's you know I can't blame them. Yeah, I mean they struck gold essentially, so use that while we're still using it. But it's wild to me because it's just it's gone. This product's just gone forever, I think, uh, because there's just a lot more valuable stuff. Huh? Yeah. It's kind of apropos of nothing, I guess. But I forget what made me think of it. Oh, the lithium. Lithium. Yeah. Um, oh, I started thinking. I, I like to give people grief sometimes if they're snotty about their electric cars. Like if you get a Tesla because it's like awesome, or like. Even, I don't know, you know, get the electric F-150 or one of those trucks, and you're just like, oh, I don't know, I want an electric vehicle. Uh, and okay. Uh, but they're all subsidized. Like, that's why he couldn't sell uh, any Teslas in Australia, I think, because they refused to give him a subsidy. And so the Tesla cost something like 800 grand or something, 250 grand, something like that. And people were like, I don't want to buy a Tesla for $250,000. <laughs> and so, you know, here there's all these subsidies, so they got them, you know, uh, priced affordably, you know. Um, but I always like to call them welfare mobiles because when people are real smug about it, especially if they're smug about their Tesla that they spent, you know, six figures on. I just saw that flicker. That's not the light above me. Hmm. Ghost. Huh. Anyway, so uh, I just I don't feel like getting all welfare to buy a car just to kind of take their steam out. But now I'm going to start calling them slate and I, or call them coal powered vehicles. You know, I think I do that. But now I'm going to call them slave powered. <laughs> That's how that cobalt gets in there. Slaves. Child slaves. Well, I think they're adults mainly. We about to hop Well, on. yeah, I was just going to say that, I mean, when you really look at the process of making an electric vehicle happen, mm-hmm. it is so much dirtier than an ice engine. But And, like, the disposal afterwards. Yeah. The batteries and everything. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. Everyone's short-term. They're th- thinking. It's just, like, nothing comes out. Therefore, it's good. It's like... What? Yeah, okay. I mean, good, sure, but like it's thing- the same thing with solar panels. Like Yeah. It's they're just terrible at disposing of Oh god. And like and solar panels like start degrading so quickly, you know? And so it's like and if you don't do regular maintenance and keep those things clean, they, they like I mean They're inefficient, like, yeah. Yeah, super like almost immediately. And then they say, Oh well you can uh get this rebate for the next, you know, 10 years and they show you the graphs like look how much you can save you'll save this much plus you get this much of a rebate and boom it's like yeah but in like five years i'm gonna be getting you know a percentage of that power generation and so now it's just like oh it never pays off right and now you've put holes in my roof (laughs) and now i can't read you my roof without 
ripping all this off. Yeah, like yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so now I have to like get someone to demo it. And once they take it off, it can't go back up. You're like, yeah, yeah. I am, I am not there on solar panels yet, other than in a, in a mobile sort of charging kind of way. Uh, you know, they can be good, but they are not the answer. Hydrogen might be. Mm-hmm. I'm really high on hydrogen. Did I ever tell you about plug power? Mm-mm. I've been following them forever. Oh, the company? Yeah. I followed them for a little bit. Did yeah, you? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I got, I remember getting some of their stock from Robinhood at, like, $2, you know? Smart. They went up to like, something crazy, and then they're back kind of down at, like, 10 bucks or something. Uh, probably should have sold. But, because I think they got up to, like, $70. And so I felt really smart until it crashed. Are they the ones that um, did a solar-powered school bus? No, they're a hydrogen. Oh, hydrogen. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah, no. So they, for the longest time, they mainly did uh, power generators, uh, but it'd be for like a subdivision. So it was a hydrogen-powered generator. Um, and so that was kind of the big thing, industrial and, and big areas. Uh, but recently, they signed a deal with um, this French automaker whose name is escaping me. I think it starts with a C, but it's like the big French car brand. Um, or not, so maybe it's Renault. But R, yeah, yeah, Renault, I think that's it. Um, but I guess Renault also makes uh, tractor trailers, you know? And so they signed a deal to make hydrogen-powered tractor trailers. Um, and I think that'll be the first spot. They even put plug power on one of their, like, F1 cars, which is nice. pretty cool. Um, but then, like, they're developing this idea of, because they got to, the big challenge now is making enough liquid hydrogen to have it affordable, you know? And so one thing that they thought about doing is within a hydroelectric dam, using energy from the hydroelectric dam to generate hydrogen. And so suddenly you have like, it's made with water power. It, you know, it's essentially water vapor is the output. And so it's just like, how do you get much cleaner than that? It's a combustion engine, but like you're, you know, water vapor out. So it's like, man, if you can pull that off, that could be crazy. And the government's totally ignoring them. You know, I, I think they. Of course. I think they keep Schumer Grease. I think they're friends with uh, Schumer, you know, because they're a New York company. And yet, like, I don't know, all the subsidies are all about electric, you know, electric and solar and all this kind of crap. Uh, but I kind of like it because that means, um, you know, if they really can do something big, then it, they don't have they won't have the government monkey on their back. You yeah, know? not tainted at all. Yeah, and and they'll be free to like suddenly just. Boom, you know, no one will be trying to regulate the hell out of them before they even exist. And so they could just kind of have a nice explosion of, of growth. There's a thought. <laughs> so, uh, you know, everybody buy plug power just so my stock goes up. And buy. <laughs> that's not financial advice. That's just me being selfish. <laughs> little pump and dump. Um, all right. So, in other news, things that actually aren't related to anybody that talks about the news, um, the Republicans have offered a plan on uh, the debt ceiling, because, of course, we're at the debt ceiling again. Always, we're always at the debt ceiling, and it's going to be the end of the world if we don't raise it, because obviously going trillions of dollars in debt more is better than just not operating like... 40% 40% of our government for a while, which I think, I mean, every time the government shutdowns, like do it, yeah, do it. And then run the numbers after. Yeah. <laughs> just, just let's look at the savings of you being shut down. Yeah. And it's like, cause like 60% still runs all like the essential stuff. They always make a show of it. Like, uh, Obama that year, like shut down monuments and stuff where it was like, you know, it's one thing to not staff it, but they're like, we're going to put, you know, chain, they put fencing around like the World War Two, uh, you know, the little thing where it's got all like the names of people that have died and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And so this veterans group had uh, scheduled a trip to go up and you know check out the names of people they know and that kind of thing. It might have been Vietnam, I forget which which memorial this is, but uh, but they couldn't because instead of just it, like it was just outdoors, it's just stones sticking out of the ground, you know, essentially. And so, but they fenced the whole thing off. Like instead of just like saying, oh. We don't staff it. They're like, oh, let's spend extra money to close it off. Just to be like, sorry, this is what happens with the debt ceiling. You don't raise it. And we got to like just close all these parks. <laughs> just like we got to build walls around our, our parks and monuments. 
And so, but uh, so there's always theatrics, you know. But really, like they always talk about, oh, soldiers aren't going to get paid. These people don't get paid. Uh, Social Security. It's like no, Social Security still goes. Um, the soldier thing, they do need to figure out. I know they always get their back pay, um, but I mean, that's that's silly that you cut off payroll, right? You know, because it's one thing to cut off payroll people who aren't showing, but it's not like the military gets leave at that time, you know, because they don't give, <laughs> it's like, they got to stay. They got to keep working. So, I mean, that's, but I feel like that's on purpose too. Like it's, um, it gives you a nice victim. It's like, well, you, you, what? You hate the soldiers? Right. You hate America? It's like, God, be a patriot. Let us spend ourselves to death. <laughs> um, so this time they've got a plan that they say, well, cut spend in here. We'll cut over. Bloop. All right. This is Reuters. Republican McCarthy unveils plan to lift U.S. debt ceiling, cut spending. Uh, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Wednesday unveiled a plan to raise the, na- uh, the nation's debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion and cut federal spending by three times that amount, laying out an opening position in what is likely to be a tense partisan debate over government borrowing. That sounds pretty good. You go, oh, cut three times or cut $4.5 trillion? That sounds good, but... McCarthy's proposal, which he unveiled on the floor of the House of Representatives, would cut the total amount of domestic domestic and military spending to 2022 levels. <sighs> Man. And it would cap growth at 1% annually in years to come. I mean, it would not touch retirement and health programs that are projected to expand dramatically. That's expected to expand dramatically as the population ages. God, that's so depressing. Um... Yeah, so that would uh, raise the government's $31.4 trillion debt limit, because that's not enough. McCarthy's plan will also repeal green energy incentives signed into law by Biden last year in the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which was just green policy, boost domestic oil and gas production, and scrap his $400 billion student loan forgiveness effort. I mean, scrap that all you want. A lot of that money has already been taken out. What are they going to do? Put it back in? Right. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. He didn't have the authority to do it, but, like, a lot of it's been done. Like, I don't know. I mean, do you just... You do tack principal and interest back on there? Like, I don't... You know. Have to claw back unspent COVID-19 relief money. That's a good idea. Cancel a recent budget increase for the IRS. Yeah. Yes. And impose stiffer work requirements for some benefit programs. Uh, Congress will gain... Greater power to block the admin's regulation, da-da-da, who cares. Um, so anyway, so it barely passed. It, you know, it, only Republicans voted for it. Four Republicans didn't. <clears throat> Some of them, um, one of them, I don't know if it was Gates or one of the other guys, that just said, like, I've never voted to increase the debt ceiling, and I never will, no matter whose plan it is. You know, all right, sounds good. I think someone else had something similar like that. Yeah, I get that. Just no. No. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, uh, so obviously, 2022, long time ago, you know, I don't, do you remember where you were in 2022? <laughs> I think, I think I was graduating high school. It was long summers, wonderful days. <laughs> they went a whole year back. Wow. Well, it's. Only April. Never so. mind. They didn't even go a whole year. <laughs> and you know the funny thing about 2022? Do you remember everybody complaining about how much money we spent in 2022? Here, I pulled up a graph. Hold on, let me find it. Okay. This is right on the, the Wikipedia. Look at this. We spent... Oh, get out of here. I don't want these details. There we go. We spent $6.3 trillion dollars. We brought in about 4.9. That's a $1.4 trillion deficit. Yeah, let's see. Income taxes, payroll taxes, debt. Look at that. The, the pie, the red thing. Deficit. That's a substantial piece of pie. That's a, that's a piece of pie you get in trouble for taking. What is other? <laughs> what is are it? we labeling other? Oh, you know, CIA. <laughs> it's just stuff. It's just 193 billion. Who cares? Nothing. Chump change. Tariffs 100 trillion or 100 billion. Excise taxes. State tax. 88 billion in the state taxes. Just taking your money when you're dead and you can't stop them. It's so messed up. 
It's like, hey, like, didn't these people pay income taxes to get that money? It's like, sure did. It's like, well, some of them invested. It's like, yeah. Didn't they pay capital gains taxes? They sure did. It's like, didn't they pay property taxes on their property? Yeah, they did that too. It's like, okay, and now what? It's like, well, they died. We get a third. Why? Stop us. You know? Um, so, all that to say that the Republican plan barely cuts spending. And they cut spending down to an unsustainably high level. Like, granted, it's better than being higher. But it's, it's just not an accomplishment. Um, yeah, don't act like a hero. Well, and that's and even weirder than that is the Democrats acting like just clutching the pearls, like oh, society's gonna break down with these radical cuts. <laughs> the audacity! The audacity! <laughs> you, you're just gonna return to twenty. We can't afford twenty twenty two prices. It's a twenty twenty three now. So they just acting. Here, I got a little thing here. Old Representative Clyburn. That worked. Sweet. Uh, He calls McCarthy debt limit legislation dead on arrival in the Senate. He says, so he's the assistant House Democrat leader, said that the thing that it is dead on arrival. Clyburn said Saturday in an interview on MSNBC that he does not believe the Lift Save Grow Act, which the House narrowly passed in a 217-215 vote on Wednesday, itself will bring President Biden to negotiate on raising the debt ceiling. But negotiations can start after the House bill is dead. In fact, it may die somewhere around Statutory Hall before it even gets on the Senate, Clyburn said. So it'll be dead on arrival, and then that's when the negotiations start. The sensible people in the Senate will be sitting down with the White House. They'll hammer out something. And so come up with a proposal that makes sense for the American people and the White House. He added McCarthy knows the House bill that passed is a joke that merely pushed through just to get out of the body. Um, so yeah, people that voted against the Republicans, Ken Buck, Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, and Tim Tim Burchett. Did it, did it, did it, did it. Yeah, okay. So, oh, what did Chuck Schumer say? Called the bill an extremist right-wing agenda. <laughs> Chuck Schumer, extremist right-wing, only spending $6.4 trillion dollars. Of money that we don't have, and even we're not going to. Get, do you know how much we've spent this year so far? That maybe this is why they're freaking. I don't want to know. It's we're up at like uh, I think three point one trillion dollars, and that that's not like through today. That's through probably March or something. Like we're we could spend like twelve trillion dollars this year. Like it's so much money. It's so much money. That, that didn't exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah, we don't have it. It doesn't exist. It's, I just, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I get that. I get the people that are just like, let's let's burn it to the ground and just run this thing. You know, like, we don't really like capitalism. We don't really like, you know, people. You know, the, the peons. Like, if we can just tell them how to live their life, we'll structure it, let's centralize this whole damn thing. We can still have elections, you know, but, like, we're already to that point where, you know, I think I think senators, I don't think an incumbent senator has lost a race, like, in the last, I forget, like, decades and decades and decades. And so it's one of those things people complain, like, I hate these guys, these guys suck. And it's like, well, you remember my name? Yeah, I remember your name, I'll vote for you. And that's it. I mean, that's the incumbency advantage. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you've been the representative. I guess you can be the representative again. <laughs> you know? And that's, that's all it boils down to. And within the party, like, because incumbency is so strong, if you have a sitting Republican or Democrat and you want to primary that person, you will not have the support of the party and all of that cash. You know? So it's very, very difficult because um, it's like, you know, all right, you can challenge that person, say goodbye to your political aspirations, you know? Um, so, and all these people that want to be professional politicians, that is not worth it to them, you know? And so you just get these same idiots constantly. And this is, this is where we get, (laughs) um, but, but yeah, so I understand people that are just making a move to centralize authority. I guess I understand that some of these people are just stupid and it's a lot easier 
it's a lot easier to spend money than to think about money, you know? Like, when you do a good point. <laughs> well, think about it. Like, if you just, you got your credit card, and it's just, you, it doesn't matter. You just buy things. Like, you see someone, I'll just buy that. Oh, that sounds nice. I'll buy that. Like, everything's great. You know, you get the bill, and that's not as great. <laughs> Imagine if you just said, Peck it. I'm not going to pay that bill. Right. I'm not going to pay that bill. It's like, I'll be dead by the time you know, we pay that bill. It's like, I got another credit card. Let's do it. Like, I mean, that's that's easy. That's easy. It's fun, you know? Like, no, nothing challenging about it. It's like, you want a new road? Here, have a new road. You want the, There we go. Everybody gets presents. You, know? <laughs> you get a road. You get a road. You get a road. <laughs> Couldn't build it without the government, after all. Um... But let's see. Maybe Oprah should run for president. Oh God! I mean, you get around. <laughs> I mean, you I, get around. I'll take the free iPads. <laughs> um, but you know, speaking of speaking of all the money we don't have, here's a little thing that was over at Zero Hedge. Now, oh, do I need to try to? Yep. Let's see what you can get out of here. You pop ups with your things. So one thing that's been happening. For a while. Let's see. All right. Argentina abandons U.S. dollar in China trade as local Bitcoin reaches record high. So over the last few weeks, it seemed you can't turn a page, blink at a pixel, or hear, uh, hear a news report without some form of de-dollarization headline shrieking at you, which is true. From uh, Brazil to Saudi Arabia and from India to Argentina, an increasing number of nations are reportedly shifting away from the dollar hegemon. Catch them all. Catch them all. Um, today escalated further, as Reuters reported, that Argentina will start buying the bulk of its Chinese imports in yuan instead of dollars, as it seeks to preserve its shrinking supply of U.S. dollars. In April, it aims to pay around $1 billion of Chinese imports in yuan instead of dollars, and thereafter around $790 million in monthly imports. Um, so, they've got to keep their foreign reserves robust. So it used to be that like like all the BRICS companies, uh, companies, countries, you know, like India and all those, like they've been getting together and talking like, you know, maybe the U.S. dollar is not a good idea to keep. Like maybe the Chinese dollar, the yuan, the yuan, uh, is the stronger currency. And the thing about that is, when the demand for our dollar around the globe goes down, especially when you're talking about you know, million or a billion dollars here, seven hundred ninety million there. Like, you know, seven hundred ninety million dollars per month that just goes away as a demand. Well, our dollar gets worth less. You know, so we've printed all these dollars that makes them worth less, and then we're we've weakened ourselves so bad economically with these horrible policies that other countries are just like, do we really want to stock you? Because like, think about how many U.S. dollars you want to sit on, like. Having money in savings as opposed to having it like invested in something or in gold or in just something, you know, like why, like sitting on US dollars right now, this seems like a bad idea for people in America. And so, if you're a country that's just like, you know, why, why do we pay for everything in US dollars and now we can't buy as much with US dollars? And like, you know, granted, China manipulates their dollar, so it's going to be a it's going to be a bait and switch, you know, uh-huh. like get on that China dollar. And then at some point they'll just manipulate it however they want. Uh, they will always end up being the winner. Uh, but, uh, but either way, and like the Saudis have toyed with getting off the U S dollar as the petrodollar, Um, and they go, oh, we'll just accept multiple things. But if we're not the petrol dollar, our value is going to really plummet. What about that? Um, so the only thing that I recently read about as far as China and all of the, I believe they just signed the similar trade deal. China just signed a similar trade deal with all of Latin America. Uh, I know it was the and BRICS. The BRICS or what, yeah, yeah, Brazil. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's just a little concerning to me. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it is. Like China, you know, China, just like America, wants dominance uh, to be, you know, they want to be the superpower. Um, all these countries do, um, I guess not all the countries, but at least, you know, America, Russia, China, we all have aspirations on being the power. Um, and part of that power is influence around the globe, you know, um, 
It's like, hey, when there, if there's tension between us and this thing, you got our back, right? Right. It's like tension between us and China. It's like, well, you know, China, we're kind of tied to them, so we don't have your back. And then it's like, you know, China wants them to say, we have China's back. And uh, so that that's going to be that kind of pull. You know, obviously, U.S. Have, has never been shy about invading the country in order to preserve whatever the hell we feel like preserving that day or just for fun. Um, but, but I mean, we can't just go around threatening to, I mean, we can, we probably will, but like, <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, get off this dollar and you know, you're going to get a missile up your butt. Uh, cause at some point, at some point it's very clear that you're the bad guy. If you go around like bullying people do this or else die, you know, and that will not turn out well. Probably, probably be, um, Extortion through weapons, I would, I would guess. Probably, yeah. If you want, if you want our anti-air missiles or whatever, I mean, there'll be people like Israel that'll, um, you know, Israel and England probably will be with us. All the, all the Five Eyes intelligence people will probably stay with us. But um, I don't know. We're just making mistake after mistake, especially when it comes to our dollar. I mean, printing them, just borrowing, not even borrowing. We just spend more and then we make more dollars up and it's, it's going to hit. I think, um, did we talk last week about Amex and the $1 billion? Mm, I don't think so. Did we? I don't know. They put a billion dollars aside to cover their anticipated losses. So oh, I think we did talk about big banks being smart. Did we? I don't, I don't know. During the whole bank crisis. Well, this was like this past week or something. Amex announced that they put aside $1 billion cash. To cover the um, their anticipated losses of just defaults, people not paying their bills. So Amex right now is saying, in you know they're not doing that to sit on it forever. So they're talking about in the short term they're expecting defaults of a hundred billion dollars or something like that, or one billion dollars. What did I just say? Um, but you know that's a, a substantial billion dollars is a lot, and that's just Amex. That's not mortgages and stuff. But I think we're starting to see the very beginning because if that if that is true, if Amex gets hit with a billion dollars in defaults. Um, I'm sure MasterCard and Visa will have something similar to discover. And, uh, you know, there's, there's banks closing down. That, uh, that one in California, uh, FDIC just said, all right, we're going to cover everything. We got your backs because, of course, it's a bank for rich people. Um, and so, of course, we're printing dollars to cover these losses for this bank. Uh, but I think these things are going to continue. And uh, I just saw our property appraiser gave the speech the other day i was looking at his graph of um, real estate value and it actually in pinellas bottomed out in 2012 so 2008 was the crap the, the thing but it took till 2012 till things bottomed out so you know it could be wild in five years you know it could be because um, if, if it starts with amex today and some banks failing today like they are already um you know it could be it could really be hitting by the end of the year. Like a ripple effect. Yeah, it was just, yeah, because there'll be runs on other banks who are similarly put, because that's the thing about raising these interest rates is, um, you know, these banks had had these bond purchases and whatnot planning for lower rates. And so now if too many people want their money back, they have to cash out these things early, hit a penalty. And so they lose money. They just lose money. And if enough people do, it's like, oh, we don't have money. Yeah, like we don't have that, you know. Um, so it could, you know, it could be the beginning of a of a pretty nasty fall. And I think, you know, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like we have to, we have to stop because it's, it's just suicidal that what we're doing. Um, yeah, real quick to to end it here. Uh, RFK Jr. has jumped in to challenge Biden on the Democrat side, speaking of challenging incumbents. Um, and not only, well, that's, that headline is not really what I care about. Uh, new poll, da 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 da. While Robert F. Kennedy Jr. polls almost one in five. So Kennedy is polling at almost 20% of Democrats right now. And, you know, he's not the sitting president. And he's not even like a great, great of a candidate. Right. Um, like he's got a, I think it's a vaccine injury on his throat. And so he kind of talks. It's real <clears throat> labored for him to talk, you know. It's, so it's, he's kind of got a funny voice, basically. Uh, not as funny as 
his dad and his uncle, the Kennedy thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, the fact that he's jumped in, and one of his big things is he uh, he's very uh, he's very anti lots of vaccines, the COVID one in particular. But he wrote a book about Fauci, the real Anthony Fauci, where he just destroys Fauci for what he did during the AIDS crisis. Because anybody that defends Fauci needs to look up. I mean, they were testing, they were, what they? they were testing drugs on foster kids and shit like that. Jesus. Like, I mean, Fauci's a monster. And like, in the way, I mean, anybody that was alive during the AIDS, you know, explosion, that was not handled well. And they, you know, they tried, oh, it, because they wanted to sound sensitive and not say like, well, you know, if you use needles or if you're, you know, dudes having gay sex, like that that's where the risk is at, you know? Um, and of course, if you sleep with someone who sleeps with someone type thing, then whatever, but you know, uh, risky behavior and then gay sex, uh, but they, which they also referred to as risky behavior back, back in that day. Um, but you're like, remember people being like afraid? Uh, like I remember people being like weirded out about gay people. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just thinking like if they touched a gay person, they'd get AIDS. Yep. And like, you know, six or whatever you're seeing all that kind of stuff magic johnson got aids people like, oh god you know and like he wasn't allowed to play basketball anymore because like oh or he had hiv i'm sorry but you know people are really worried about like blood but sweat you know mm-hmm. and they're like well we don't think you can catch it through sweat like Shh. but like that it was bungled so bad like people yeah people treated gay people like they were like they were a virus you know right and it's like that was fauci that was fauci i mean it wasn't all fauci but but you know he was in charge of the health policy back then. Uh, but yeah, so Kennedy is an interesting guy because, you know, he's Bobby Kennedy's son. You know, he's Jack Kennedy's nephew. So, like, he's he's got name recognition. Um, but, like, he he is less crazy. Like, he's, de- he's a Democrat, you know. And uh, there's lots of things I don't agree with him on. The vaccine stuff, like, he's very, like, informed consent. We should not be forcing vaccines on people. 100%, I got you. You know, like, uh-huh. I'm all about that. Um, he even came out and he said that he didn't think it was fair uh, to have trans athletes competing uh, with girls, you know. Um, which I did see a funny thing about a marathon runner who finished, I don't know, finished middle of the pack, you know, but beat 450 girls in this marathon. And so she says something like, it's got basically a qualifying type medal like you finished in enough time to get a medal but you know <laughs> not not first place or 10th place or anything like that but she's pretty funny it's just like look it's like if they want me to give my medal back i'll give my medal back like i know like i know i'm not a, a girl but like it's like i didn't it's not like i beat everybody like i finished in a very like i'm happy where i finished but it was a very middling position but if if it's a big deal i'll give this damn medal back but you know like let's calm down um but anyway and of course it doesn't always turn out that way um, but yeah, and he's, I don't know, he's got some other positions that are just kind of like, he, he's opposed to the war in Ukraine and, um, he's very much against like corporatism. Like he's, I don't know, he's like old school and that like Democrats used to all be against war and against corporatism and a lot of this kind of stuff. And they just stopped because they smell that power, you know, that power is just, just gotta <laughs> drink it just like the adrenochrome of small children. <laughs> So it'll be interesting. I don't know. You know, it's a long shot that he gets anywhere with it. And like, but not Biden's never going to debate this guy, you know, but uh, if he can stay around 20% or, you know, if he can stay around 20% or even pull stronger than that, that will be quite telling. Um, could be quite telling for the upcoming election. Cause I mean, right now I think the Democrats are in a good position where I think they only have to get like one swing state basically to, to win. Um, unless they shed some states like what happened during the, uh, the first Trump election. Um, but they, you know, going into it, like their candidate sucks, you know, they have a, <laughs> they have an old man who's dying next to the Joker, um, as the candidates, so the candidate sucks, but the map is pretty strong, but, uh, it, it would still be interesting. Like it'd be a, quite a repudiation, I guess, if the Democrats, you know, a fifth or fourth of them or whatever. It was just like, no, I'll go with the Kennedy guy that talks funny. Um, I guess we'll wrap that up so we can join all the fun people in the old swimming pool over there. Um, you know, this has been Loaded Talk. Uh, LoadedTalk.com, of course, is the hub for everything, but 
follow us on the YouTubes and the Rumbles and the Spotify's and and the Apple iTunes and the follow us and the alerts and do all the things you know you want to hear us. Um, so I guess that'll be for this episode. What you got, Charlie? Um, we're gonna do a little fun fact of the day here. Okay. Um, in 1993, the U.S. government spent two hundred seventy-seven thousand dollars on pickle research. I support it. I love pickles. <laughs> the cucumber plant. But anyway, I won't get into the cucumber plant. It's a sore subject, but I support the pickle research. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do us. Thanks.